When you're running a sale in Shopify, you create coupon codes, right? That's just one more thing for your customers to deal with. What if instead you could automate price changes and promotions? That's exactly what Bold's product discount app does. It's one of my longtime favorites from Bold, and if you need to run any kind of sale, this is the app to do it. You can run sales by hand-selecting products, a collection, a vendor, a product type, or even the entire store. And when you run sales, you can schedule them to start and stop at certain times. And there's an, even an option to put a live countdown timer on the products on sale. So it's perfect for daily deals. Sale ends in 4 hours, 3 minutes, 21 seconds, and counting. Imagine the urgency this can create. So one of the automation features I really like is this app's ability to put sale icons and badges on sale products, then automatically tag them when it puts them on sale, and remove the tag when they're off sale. So this lets me create a clearance or deals of the day section by making a Shopify collection where the product tag equals daily deal, and then the product automatically appears and disappears from it when it's on and off sale. And these sales pages are consistently one of the most visited pages on the stores that have them. So from power hour sales, daily deals, countdown timers, clearance corners, and more, just about every store can benefit from some kind of sale that this app can run. Before your next sale, grab it free for 60 days at ethercycle.com bold. That's ethercycle.com bold. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You know the benefit of SEO. The higher you rank in search engines, the more visitors your store will have. And more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do that? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines. And it's trusted by thousands of Shopify stores. It leads the market in both innovation and usability. And it's no wonder. SEO Manager adds an entire suite of tools to help attract new customers by fully optimizing your store. So here's a few of my favorites. It scans your site for SEO issues, offers keyword suggestions, adds structured data support, analyzes missing pages and redirects, and it even integrates with Kit, Shopify's personal marketing assistant. And that's not all. It does a whole bunch of more stuff. All of these things will help you to be easily found in Google and other search engines. And best of all, it's easy to get started. You can launch SEO Manager on your store in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Plus, as a special offer to our listeners, you can get SEO Manager right now for 10% off forever. Sign up at seomanager.com unofficial. That's seomanager.com slash unofficial. Hello and welcome back to the Unofficial Shopify Podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster, sitting... High atop the fifth floor of the professional building, where security just had to come and and tell me, hey, quit parking in the underground parking garage. All right, I get it, guys. We want to save that for the patients of the many dentists in my building. But you know what? I also put a lot. I'm proud of my car. I want to keep it clean and shiny, right? So I, I need it covered in a covered parking garage. And our guest today can help us with that. We are talking with Chris Walters, a the... Uh, Chris, what's your title? Jump in here. Yeah, um, I'm marketing director, but you know we're we're uh, still kind of in startup phase, so we wear. A, hold up, uh, I'm not done with my intro. I hear you. I'm keeping. We're going with marketing director. Marketing director, right, that works. We're Chris Walters, marketing director from Leno's Garage. That's Leno, as in jleno.com. And it is no secret uh, that I have been working with with Leno's Garage on their their Shopify store um, for about a year and a half now, because I'm I'm really proud of the work. 
And it is, it's quite, obviously quite the feather in my cap. It adds a lot of legitimacy. The moment I'm like, oh yeah, we work with Jay Leno. Um, this is very cool. And in that process, you know, I, because it has, there's authority and trust there implicit to that name, I am always happy, um, to be able to use that as an example with people. But something interesting happens. There, no one has ever come out and said this directly, but they, there's, it's implied that, oh, that is a brand with a celebrity attached to it. It has a celebrity name, it has a celebrity in their marketing materials who is in this niche. Therefore, they've got easy mode. They have this giant unfair advantage. It is not the case, right? And that's what we're going to get into is, uh, the journey with this brand, um, and the, what it's like having and working with and marketing a celebrity brand. So Chris, uh, welcome. Thank you for joining Thanks, us. Thanks, Kurt. Thanks for having me, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and we've been, we've been working together a while. The, okay. So when, when did you get involved with, uh, Leno's Garage? How did you get started there? Yeah. So there's kind of a little bit of a backstory there, but, um, we've been involved with Jay and his garage for, uh, the better part of 10 years now, maybe even a little more than oh, that. Oh, wow. Um, at varying levels of capacity, you know, um, we first started, um, by meeting him at a car show, um, showing him some product demonstration. Um, <laughs> he liked what we had and, and Jay's a great guy. Um, he is always kind of rooting for the underdog, so to speak. And, um, prior to, you know, we're talking back now before YouTube is the platform that it is today. Um, what they kind of used to do for jaylenosgarage.com, it was basically this website where Jay uh, showcased his collection of vehicles, maybe some uh, some different vehicles of friends or different guests, similar to what you know today, if you're familiar with the show on YouTube or his uh, network television show, but it very, you know, the very early stages of it. So what they would do is they'd bring in, uh, you know, outsiders kind of like us, it's people who had an interesting product. Um, and Jay would front for the cost of production of filming, um, you know, a product highlight, and then they'd put it up on their website. And basically all they were using YouTube for at the time was, you know, they'd host a video there and then they'd place that video on jaylenosgarage.com. So that kind of was our first inception with Jay is that's kind of how we got our foot in the door with him. We had made car care chemicals for those not familiar. You know, that's what this lenosgarage.com venture is, is um, we are manufacturing car care and detailing supplies uh, that we use there in the garage and we're bringing it to uh, the market, you know. Um, and we had done that on a smaller scale. Um, we had a small business based out of Southern California. Um, I'll try to wrap this up so it's not a huge <laughs> long story, but we had a small business based in Southern California. Um, and that's really what we focused on, but we were more catering to the professional, uh, body shop, the, the reconditioners. Um, and we had the opportunity to show Jay on that product spotlight. And from there, we just kind of stayed involved with the garage. Um, and, uh, we got the opportunity probably three or four years ago, um, to pitch the idea to Jay of, you know, again, now YouTube was kind of becoming what it is that we know today. Uh, people were amassing these huge audiences. And, um, you know, when you amass a million 
followers on a certain thing, it's a captive audience, people start to pay attention. And sure enough, you know, the network started to pay attention, I'm assuming, uh, with Jay and the TV show, and they decide to go to go live on a network with it. Um, not necessarily live taping, but, you know, they, they brought it to the network. Um, we kind of recognize that as an opportunity that, you know, Jay Leno was no longer Jay Leno at The Tonight Show. Uh, but it was becoming this Jay Leno's garage brand where people were really paying attention to what Jay was doing and who he was having on. And people really liked what they were doing. You know, everybody loves Jay, you know, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people love Jay. Um, and so we kind of saw that as, a, as an opportunity of, you know, we make car care chemical. What if, what if we could, and you know, we were in small business mode at that time and we very much still are to this day. Um, but it was this, you know, the difficult thing, especially in, uh, detail supply, it's kind of an impacted market. Um, there's a lot of variation. There's a lot of options out there, a lot of different brands trying to build a brand from ground up is difficult. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people know that struggle. Um, we kind of recognize Jay Leno and Jay Leno's garage as bridging that gap for us of kind of helping do the work of the brand recognition. People know Jay, they know him because he's a car guy. Um, and man, it would just be so cool if Jay would say yes to this opportunity of, you know, basically us, we'd make the chemical Jay, but you put your name on it and we kind of work together type of thing. Um, and we got the opportunity to pitch it to him. And, you know, uh, we were full on expecting, you know, what are you doing here in my garage? Get out. I don't want to do this type <laughs> of thing and figured we'd get kicked out, but we had to take the chance, take the opportunity. And we pitched the idea to him. Um, and I, I told you I'd make this quick and we're, we're dragging on here, but he, uh, he ran with it. He liked the idea a lot, thought it was a great idea. Thought it was a great fit. Obviously, Jay being a car guy, um, it, that just lends to it even more. Um, but, uh, you know, it, we were just floored with the fact that he actually was, yeah, let's give it a try. Jay had never endorsed anything before, never put his name on anything, never sold anything. He was just always been the Tonight Show guy, you know? So we, uh, we, we really were, you know, kind of jumping for joy. We thought we had, you know, all the hard work was done. Jay said, yes, so we got it figured out because <laughs> we, like you, you let in with, we assumed, you know, we put Jay Leno's name on the bottle. We don't got a thing to worry about. We might as well just go buy the vacation home in the Bahamas right now because it's just going to go gangbusters, you know, and uh, I'm here to tell you that it's been quite the opposite. It hasn't been, um, you know, the world's most difficult thing. We're not uh, in any labor camps or anything like that, but it's definitely been an uphill battle. It, it hasn't been a light switch. It hasn't been an overnight success and we didn't expect it to be, uh, but, you know, it, it's definitely taken a lot of uh, effort to get us to the point where we are now. And I think that's that. Well, there's so many important points in there. Um, number one, you said, "Wow, he like he's." We fully expected him to throw us out of the garage and hate it, and he'd never done you know a, any kind of product um, endorsement like this. But we had to take the chance because great. I mean, what's if you don't ask, you guarantee you get nothing. So do, going out there, taking that chance, that's awesome. Um, the you had based it on you know a, a previous reel organically developed a relationship where you know you got to meet him you, uh he did this uh this early youtube promo for you um so you had 
you know, this existing relationship and we're, we're looking to grow and leverage that. Um, so that's important. There's no like, it wasn't a cold pitch. It wasn't some overnight thing. But then most importantly for everybody, I think is uh, two things. One, you can't just look at a store and go, oh, well, they must be more successful than me. You, you have no idea. You never have any idea. Um, at best, you could try it like you can order from someone, wait a month, place another order, look at the order IDs and make it. You could guess like, oh, here's their order volume. But you're never going to know really like unless you do something that um, Machiavellian, you're not going to know what their their success is like. Uh, and lastly, you can't there is no such thing as an overnight success. If selling a car care product with a Jay Leno is not just an immediate overnight, let's go buy Lamborghinis success. That I have, I've yet to see. I have never seen an overnight success in any business. Like you'll become aware of something, go, oh, that came out of nowhere. It's an overnight success. You didn't see the months or years leading up to that. Exactly, um, and, and that's that's the you know if anybody's out there thinking that that's kind of there's been years of work leading up to at least getting the uh, the project underway and then now we're we're coming up on two years into it since we launched and and you know i'm i'm here to tell you i'm not driving a lamborghini to work you know <laughs> um, so it's you know we're not doing horribly it's not you know uh but we're, we're very fortunate to have jay in our corner um and and have his blessing uh but no it it definitely does not automatically guarantee success yeah yeah so I think that's that's my my key takeaway there. It's just it, overnight success, even with unfair advantages, is not a thing. So like, let go of that idea. It's always going to be, you know, no matter what unfair advantage you have, it's going to be stacking the bricks to build a business over time. And yep. it's going to be faster for some people and um, longer for others. But okay, so you've um, once Jay Jay said yes to this, and you're jumping for joy when you initially launched the brand. What, um, how many products do you launch with? Well, you know, we started initially, um, with a single SKU. Um, we wanted to test the market. There's a, a lot of different ways specifically with car care that you can go about this. If you're familiar with car care, you'll see a lot of brands at the, the big box retailers that are, you know, uh, that are kind of familiar names, whether they're car rib manufacturers or customizing shops or whatever it is. And then there's your big brand names that everyone has kind of known for years, the Turtle Wax and Meguiar's, all that stuff. Right. Everyone's kind of familiar with that stuff. We didn't know, again, there, it was, there's no guarantee that it was going to be a success. It was still very much, ah, what if this doesn't work? Um, a lot of the times people will try this. They'll throw millions of dollars at it to, to launch a, a brand. And then it kind of, they, they get picked up on a store shelf. It doesn't sell through. And then two years later, you know, the contract's up and uh, it didn't work and they go the way of the dodo bird. We didn't want that to happen. We didn't want Jay's name to be on the bargain brand uh, shelf and, or rather, you know, the bargain shelf 50% off, so on and so forth, and just being undercut. We, uh, we really wanted to have uh, a legitimate go of it. So we decided what's, what's the best way? Let's slow roll into this. Let's kind of soft shoe. So um, we started with a single skew and we started with our own direct to consumer website. Um, obviously, you know, with Shopify and, and the Shopify plus platform. Um, and that was kind of the, the easiest way to gauge whether there was legitimate interest, whether or not it was 
worth the effort to continue to go down the rabbit hole. Um, we launched with a single four-piece kit um, back in November of 2016, um, and that carried us through the whole holiday season of that year and was picked up with, uh, or at least received with um, some pretty some pretty strong success. Um, again, not driving a Lamborghini to work, I'll keep hitting on that point, um, <laughs> but it at least showed us that there's a proof of concept here, that people were interested um, and that it was something legitimate, something viable, and if we pulled the right levers, turn the right knobs, you know, with the right inputs, we could probably uh, get the ship, you know, heading in the right direction um, and, and making some money for us, you know? I, 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 man, I didn't even know that. I love having that background. Like I knew that that's how the, the site started. And truthfully, you did not start with me as an agency. I think I jumped on board um, right after that initial validation launch in January uh, of 2017. And you launched it for like right for the holiday season, you know, November, October, November, 2016, right? Was it? Okay. Um, and the, but I, I love that even with, you know, the, this huge, I will call it the, the unfair advantage, the big, the big unfair advantage that is Jay Leno as the, the consummate car guy. Um, you still took a very much a, a bootstrap approach and did the thing that I wish everyone would do, which is, Hey, Let's validate our product market fit first. That's the the phrase I used to describe it. Is all right if you you only until you have moved a dollar, you only suspect that you've got a good product idea and know who will buy it and can get in front of them. Once you have actually proven that by selling just one, okay, now you have validated your product market fit. And it sounds like that's what you were doing. We said, all right, we're going to put our best foot forward. We've got this initial detailing kit. Um, it was four products, had microfiber cloth. It was good quality, had excellent labels, really cool packaging. It was like the sleek black box with gold print on it. It looked very nice. Some of the initial ones, I believe, were signed, right, yep. weren't they? Correct, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the uh, yeah, like a paint marker signature on there, which was, which now is part of the label. Yep. Um, I noticed in the redesigned label, which yeah. is cool. And then from there said, okay, this is, this is real. This will work. Let's double down on it. Yep. Yeah, and it was kind of the, you know, we always knew we wanted to expand this out to a multi-skew full line of detailing supply, accessories, buckets, you know, hose ends, all you name it to, for cleaning your car. We wanted to have it all, but we didn't want to go buy the farm and then turns out, you know, uh, nobody uh, is buying milk type of thing. Um, so we just kind of took it slow, uh, took it one step at a time and, and gauged the interest and realized, okay, again, it, it's not setting the world ablaze. It's not, you know, going gangbusters, but there is, uh, there's Actually, a proof here. There, there's it, something right. to work from, you know? And it's always, you're just always looking for, it's not that overnight success. You're looking for that just when we graph this, is it always, is the chart always moving up and to the right? Right. Are we always, you know, our, our key performance indicators, are they just a little better than the previous month? Exactly. And if you keep doing that, when you turn around after, you know, 18 months, you go, oh my gosh, look what we have. Um, how many, so you started with, you had one, one kit 
and then you broke that out into some other SKUs. So you still had you know less than ten SKUs to start with. How many SKUs are you at now? I believe now SKUs. You know, again, we add kits, we build kits based on what they are. Um, so total number of SKUs, I would say we're sitting somewhere around 150 SKUs. Um, we have you know 25 individual chemicals right now as it stands, um, and then the various you know support uh, accessories with towels and wash sponges, wash mitts, buckets, all that fun stuff. Um, we also have some apparel on the site and all that fun stuff. So, um, yeah, we're sitting probably right around 100, 150 SKUs. Okay, cool. Uh, do you, speaking, I gotta, I have to pick up one of these shirts. I have not gotten one. I love the classic tee. That's cool. Thanks. Nobody go buy that until I have bought mine. <laughs> um, actually, go buy it, please. That's, that's a good one. Yeah, shameless plug um, there. Yeah, plug it. Ding, ding. Uh, so how do you determine, um, how do you decide what is the next thing you're going to make? Is there is there market research? Is it what's cool? Is it what people are asking for? So, I have never been, I've never been privy to that conversation. It always just said like, hey, we've got this new thing. We're going to promote it. Let's run this sale. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> um, but how did, like, what, what happened before then? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the nice thing from starting from a blank slate, especially in, uh, uh, a category like car detailing supply is there's a lot of people who have been here before us who have kind of paved the road uh, for what, you know, some of the, the standard, uh, uh, you know, kind of variations you're going to need. You're going to need a detail spray. You're going to need some tire dressing. You're going to need a car wash soap. You're going to need a glass cleaner. There's some, some basic corners that you got to cover, some basic bases you got to cover just to get up to speed to be able to compete with some of the other brands that are out there. Cause that's what it's all about, right? It's, if they're going to go to the, uh, come and switch over to you from one of your competitors, you got to make sure you're, you're covering the same bases that, uh, your competition is. So, um, that was kind of the decision driver, so to speak, um, in the very beginning is we just needed to, um, have SKUs, not necessarily just have SKUs, but we needed to make chemical, um, and a, a product that would satisfy a need in each individual subcategory, um, throughout. Um, now we're getting to a point where we've kind of built this robust line. We've kind of filled that that pipeline, so to speak, with a, a full line of detail supply. And now we're able to not necessarily pick and choose, but identify, okay, there's a few gaps here that we're missing. Um, and usually what we do, to be honest, is we kind of shadow some of the professional detailers. Obviously, we do the detailing at Jay's Garage, um, and that takes a certain workflow. You know, that's in a, uh, a uh, climate-controlled garage, it's, How many cars are there? Um, there's roughly 180 cars, about the same number of motorcycles. Whoa. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, for the most part, the, the weekly workflow of keeping and maintaining the appearance of those cars doesn't vary too much. You know, it's kind of, Jay will take a few cars out. Not every single car gets driven each week, but Jay does take cars out on a regular basis, on a daily basis. So... We'll, right, car guy, I got to know. Give me what are a, a couple of his his current favorites. His favorites, um, you know, it really depends. Um, they he if he 
I think his answer to it is if he had a favorite, he wouldn't have 180 different cars, <laughs> you know? Um, but now the, I think for ease of use, the Tesla P90D gets driven a lot. Um, oh, obviously really? it doesn't need gas and, um, it, it works, you know, um, it's nice and quick. Um, it's comfortable. Uh, it gets from point A to point B. Um, so that one we always seem to be washing. And I, I think that's kind of how we figure out, um, what it is, you know, what some of Jay's quote unquote favorites are, at least the ones that <laughs> get based the, on what gets dirtiest. Exactly. What gets dirtiest, what he's using the most. Um, but no, you know, it, I, again, it, it varies. I couldn't tell you that there's a, a favorite there. Sometimes he'll pull out in a Z06 Corvette. The other time he's pulling out in a Model T Ford, you know, um, it just, the, it, it runs the gamut for sure. Um, you know, I could tell you what some of my favorites are just from being a, uh, fanboy, so to speak. All um, right, let me know. And w- when I walk in the McLaren F1, when you walk into the garage, you see the McLaren F1 sitting there in between amongst a McLaren P1. You got a 12C. It just, I love those. And I've seen a lot of pictures of, of Jay in, um, the newer McLarens. I can't tell them apart. Um, that uh, that F one, it's got. Have you sat in it? I, I assume you have. Yes, I have. Um, that's the the nice benefit of being with the detailers there at the garage is you kind of get access and and rights a little bit. It, it, it's a, a double edged blade, you know. Um, is yeah, you get to touch and be inside and you know have access to these cars that most people on the planet would never have. But at the same time, it's an $18 million McLaren F1. If you get in <laughs> and you've got your key keys clipped to your belt loop and you get in and you nick the uh, door sill, um, you just nicked an $18 million McLaren F1 and you get to walk up and tell Jay that uh, you uh, screwed up his car, you know? So it it's oh, a good geez. and it's a bad. It's a little bit of a catch-22, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I was I, – I was – I somehow – I knew – knew you were going to say McLaren. There's something about those things, and especially the F1 is such a iconic car. Like, when you try to picture that thing when it was built, it's like, oh my, This did this literally blow people's minds? Did anyone die upon seeing this thing for the first time? You know, I, just, I don't I don't know that people really understood at the time, and, you know, there's I guess when something first comes out, you don't, you're not going to tell, you don't know if it's going to be, have a legacy or not, you know? Uh, they launch a, the Civic Type R and, oh, it's a Civic, but who knows? It may be the next iconic you know, tuner car for the next uh, 15, 20, 30 years. I don't think they necessarily knew that was going to happen with the McLaren F1, um, but now as time has progressed and you see what that car is still to this day capable of and uh, the realm of cars that it uh, is kind of uh, associated with and, and, again, what it's capable of doing now, I mean, I think the thing was built in the mid nineties and yep. we're coming into 2020 and the thing still is one of the fastest cars ever made and still one of the best performing cars ever made. So, and it's still, the style holds up and it has the coolest cockpit. Uh, what is so fascinating about this car that, you know, if you're, even if you're not a, a car guy, you can appreciate this. And then I swear I will end this rabbit hole. Um, the, you sit, it has three seats. So it's odd number of seats. And the driver sits dead center of the car. And then the passengers sit on either side of them set back. Yep. It's just, it's wild to see. Yeah. Um, 
I imagine it's a little disconcerting because you're used to being like I've driven right-hand drive cars, and it, it is very weird to get on the wrong side. I imagine even sitting in the centers probably takes some yeah. Adjustment. I w- I would I always kind of think about that is like what's it like to drive a center drive car, you know? Um, and you know I guess you've got a better view of the road, but it, do you get that sense like you're saying when you hop into a right-hand drive car? Is it the same thing? I I, yeah. I gotta imagine there's a little bit of a learning curve there, you know. The I. I did. I briefly owned a right-hand drive car, and it, the first thing everybody does upon driving it is just veer into the oncoming lane because, <laughs> because like the lane, it turns like you orient yourself based on like where the lane lines are, and you just can't help it. You end up you have spent years learning to drive on the other side, and it, it's very disconcerting. Yeah. Um, okay, so with this started, you um, pitched Jay. He said yes. Oh my gosh validated your product market fit, launched this thing, and then began um, – then once that worked out, you said, all right, let's invest in improving this website. Let's invest in filling out the product catalog to the point where um, you know we will rapidly be up to speed with the, the other major brands that we've covered all our, our major bases with products and then have started adding um, really like newer, uh, more innovative products like uh, Evaporate. Exactly. It's a, like that – such a clever – Interesting thing, you're washing your car, you rinse the soap off, you don't want water spots on the car, you gotta dry it. But even like, it is that, it, it's tough to do, and water spots, shockingly difficult to remove. Yep. So there's a pain, that's a, a pain or problem for detailers who like to be obsessed um, over, the, like, hence the name detailing, right? Mm-hmm. You gotta obsess over the details. Yep. So you've got this product called Evaporate, you spray it on, and it makes the water evaporate faster without water spots. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it, this is the coolest thing. Yeah, and that's what you know. We kind of wanted to. There's a lot of great things. Again, you know, we can't claim certain things that we're paving the road one way or the other. But the the great thing is, is you know, detailing is making this uh, kind of I don't know if you call it a renaissance, but it it's just it's gaining <clears throat> a ton of popularity. Um, I, I attribute it to YouTube because you know I think it's all based around education, um, but Oh, absolutely. With, with this, this popularity that it's gaining, um, there's also a lot of, um, effort being placed into the research and development, the R and D side of it on how can we do it better? Um, you know, there, I think, you know, kind of the, the wax on, wax off Danielson karate kid, uh, uh, is kind of a thing of the past a little bit. Don't, don't get me wrong. A lot of those things still hold true in detailing, but chemistry and the technology in the chemistry, um, is making some pretty cool advancements in coding technology and, um, that we're able to kind of alter the way products work, um, and really achieve some really cool things and evaporates one of those products, you know, before it was just kind of, you'd hose the car off, wash it down with some soap and water, rinse it off, and then you'd go grab your bath towel and uh, dry it off with the bath towel. And um, what people are beginning to realize, you know, not to get too techy for some of this, again, not everybody might be, uh, you know, car obsessed people, but um, as you're drying that car, if, you know, anytime you're touching your paint, you run the risk of adding swirl marks into the paint, small scratches, micro scratches that are in the paint. And as the sun hits your car, instead of reflecting off off a nice uh, smooth surface, it's got a bunch of minor scratches in it. And that's what gives you that not so shiny look, so on and so you forth. You get the swirl marks, especially in exactly. dark cars. And this is how especially I got into detailing. Bought yeah. a used Mustang it, from CarMax. It was black. This I, You wax this thing, the sun would hit it. 
and it was just brilliantly covered in swirl marks from the previous owner lovingly sending this thing through a million and one car washes. And that was yep. – so I'm like, how do I fix this? So I have a painter problem. How do I get rid of swirl marks? And now yep. I'm looking – and I find YouTube videos. And that was how I figured it out. It's like, okay, you start watching YouTube videos. It's educational. They're showing you – all right, here, start with the pain. Here's the before and after. Here's the products. Here's how to use them. And then, oh, okay, wow, the guy – like I, I saw this guy do it. And I went, oh, well, if I get that stuff, it'll fix my paint. Sure enough, I turn around. It's content marketing and it worked. It's sales through education. I bought the products they recommended. I bought a polisher and I fixed my own my own damn swirl marks on my car. Um, and after that, was obsessed. Like with you know, I bought new wheels and I put the fancy nano ceramic coating on there to make brake dust easy to get off. Like yep. you get, it is easy to go crazy, and that's what's kind of fun about it. Um, it's never ending. It's a lot of research. Yeah, which yeah. brings me to my my next point. This product is unique in that it requires a ton of education and there are seemingly infinite many options. And if you like go on Amazon and search, you know, something like wheel cleaner and good luck figuring out which is the right one. And the prices are all over the place. Like it's just unreal. Yep. How do you solve those issues? Um, you know, that and to this day it's still an an issue for us and not necessarily an issue, but a challenge for us. Um, I see challenges there, yeah. Yeah. And it, it's it, there is a lot of information out there, and I think in today's ever-connected marketplace, um, I think what it really is, the, the main driving line is you got to kind of find your own audience. Um, and, you know, I guess it could be argued that we've got a, a little easier route with that because we had this established audience in Jay. Um, but I tell you... People, you know, Jay's audience is interested in seeing videos about cars and vintage cars and new cars, supercars, hypercars, all that. They aren't necessarily interested in learning about detailing cars. It doesn't, mm. there's not, you know, as much, uh, pull through as you would assume there. Um, it, it, it's two very different things. So what we've had to do is just, you know, focus on, our way of teaching. Um, and that's something that we continue to work on right now. And again, one of our challenges is Jay's got an established audience in, uh, you know, again, YouTube being the platform that a lot of people utilize. Jay's got an established audience there. Um, we could go start a whole side YouTube channel and focus on building a whole following uh, there with this sub channel. Um, or we can kind of figure out a way to that combination to that lock of how do we incorporate detailing supply and, and caring for your cars um, and maintaining your vehicle's appearance subtly with what Jay already has established, you know, and, and that's why I say it's one of the challenges for us. It's not um, anything that's difficult, but there's, there's something to be said for doing that tastefully um, and also not too pushy. You know, we, we've right. been very, um, very hard on the organic approach is look, if you're interested, come check us out. Um, if you're not no hurt feelings, we're not worried about it. We get it. You don't necessarily care um, about how clean your car is. You're taking it to the car wash and that's as far as you think about it. That's great. But what we're looking for is we want to identify the people who are a little more interested in just that, you know, people like yourself who, um, you know what? I, I do care about what my car looks like. And yeah, you know what? It does have some swirl marks and I, I've got some know-how. Um, I could fix this myself. And before you know it, they're 
researching and coming to find out it isn't too incredibly difficult. Some, some basics, um, and you're on your way to, you know, making a, uh, a professional quality finish on your own vehicle. And like you say, it's rewarding. Um, and it's kind of therapeutic, so to speak, you know, not <laughs> to sell really anybody is. on, on detailing their own car, but you know, to answer your question, I think it's, you've got to be able to spend the time, um, and identify, uh, those people who, who care about what it is that you're doing. And sometimes that takes time, you know, um, it's not, again, that's where the overnight success, I think the, the, the misconception about what it is and what, what the Jay Leno name brings to the brand is doesn't automatically mean that Jay and all of his fans want to know about detail supply. Some of his people, they just care about cool cars, but, uh, they don't care about cleaning their own car. But then for every one of those people, there's another person who does care about cleaning their car. So we want to kind of identify those people and, and speak to those people, speak to our audience, you know? Okay. Uh, and I think one of the, um, going backwards a little bit, I think one of the things that helps with the education piece, the names of the products, bless you, you did not get cute with them in the slightest. The names are always just this is what it does. Like I'm looking at um, some of the exterior chemicals. Vehicle wash. Can you figure out what that one does? Tire shine. <laughs> Glass cleaner. Like it, keep it simple, stupid. It, it, it works wonderfully when because these are now uh, exact match keywords. Um, so this is great, great search uh, search engine optimization right here, just in the name, um, and it it makes it abundantly clear what it does. So I, I like that. Yeah, and, and that's that was one of the driving factors for us is that we wanted to keep it just like you said, kiss it, you know, keep it simple, stupid, and and make it not overly complicated. I don't need three, four cross reference charts to know, okay, this is used when this and that versus this. Don't use this here, but make sure and use that right. there. It can get very convoluted and um, you know, there's a lot of marketing that goes on and I think what ends up happening is some of these brands have been around for for so long and they just they they are trying to drive newness so they end up developing a lot of redundancy and then people are confused is this better than the legacy product oh, it was this, maddening you know and it just it becomes too much so i think we're in obviously right now in the early stages of the business we're in a in a great place um because we we don't have to rely on trying to re continue to reinvent the wheel um but you know, who knows? We may be here hopefully 25 years from now and, and having to, okay, what's new? What's, what, how do we make this fresh? How do we put a fresh spin on it type of thing? But, um, yeah, it was uh, right now as it stands, we, that was the, one of the driving factors for us was just keep it as easy to use as possible. And a lot of that comes from what you name the products, you know? So I find, uh, oh, absolutely. And I, I think one of the things I, I find most fascinating about a celebrity brand is the unusual issues that come along with it that people don't realize. It's not just you know, like you get the boost, you get the authority, um, but then there are other things that come along with it. Can you tell me about any of the, the challenges that you have with having um, Jay attached to this? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I think one of the biggest ones, and, and it's not, we, we understand it, we get it. Um, you know, with Jay being at where he is, a lot of people always ask, how does Jay find his cars? Um, well, a lot of the times, 
the cars tend to find Jay at this point. Don't get me wrong. He goes out, he'll learn about something and, and go locate a specific car um, because he's looking for it. But a lot of the times people will reach out to Jay and say, you know, I just want it to go to a good home. It was my father's car, so on and so forth. And there's a lot of interesting things that come out of the woodwork. Um, but prior to this, um, Jay never really had an outlet for people to reach out to him. There wasn't an 800 number to reach the garage. There wasn't a, an email address that they could send anything to. You kind of had to be in the know or know somebody who knew Jay to get, um, you know, uh, drop him a line and say, Hey, I've got this car. Now, you know, when you type in Jay Leno's garage, we pop up a 800 number pops up an email address pops up. And all of a sudden now there's multiple ways to contact the garage. And we're really the only outlet for it. Well, we're here to sell detail supply and educate about caring for your car. We get a lot of traffic, a lot of people wanting to sell Jay a car. That was kind of an unforeseen, uh, I guess you could call it consequence, but an unforeseen, um, uh, issue that we had coming up that, okay, we've got to be able to handle this from a customer service standpoint. Cause same level, you know, either, this is your, your number one customer service question, isn't it? Exactly. It's what we get most uh, frequently through, um, our telephone line. Um, and we get a ton of email about it as well. People who are curious on how do we get a hold of, uh, how do we get a hold of Jay? I've got a car that I want to sell him. Can you give me some information on it? Um, and, and the, uh, the interesting thing about this is like, hey, so this became a thing that you have to deal with that you didn't expect. But more interesting, he has actually bought cars through this channel before. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So it's not um, just like you don't you don't just want to politely blow people off. You do actually want to field the legitimate requests. Um, so, you know, it, we worked on this together. I knew the answer when I asked it, but we, so we, um, and you could see this on, anyone could go see this on the website. If you go to the contact page, the very first thing on the contact page is have a car you'd like to offer Jay, submit it here, we'll pass it along. And we, so we've got a separate landing page with a form to fill out where you can then, um, uh, submit the form or you know, like fill in your info and then it gets passed along so that they don't, um, the, the poor customer support staff don't have to deal with this. Um, and that, but it's like, who would have predicted that that's a thing that would happen? Yeah, Nobody. Exactly. It's still, it's still a touch point for us. You know, we can't ignore it. Like you're saying, Jay will, if it's a car that interests him and that's always the, you know, we always get asked, do you, do you think Jay would want to buy this car? And you know, it's like, you know, you're kind of asking the wrong guy, but you, you, you don't want to approach it that way. You know, as we'll get it to Jay, if he's got some interest, he'll reach out, um, is, is how we kind of want to position ourselves there. Um, and we want to do that in, you know, a polite manner, but also an efficient manner. Um, and like you're saying, you know, we were getting a ton of call volume because of it, a ton of email volume because of it. So we needed, um, an easier way to manage that. Um, and we were able to do so with, uh, setting up that landing page, um, where you can submit the information that's helped. Um, it, you know, we still get phone calls because of it. We still get emails because of it, but it gives us a resource to forward directly to them and say, Hey, go ahead and submit it here. Um, if there's any interest, jail will be in contact with you. 
And that's it, it's such a good example of, all right, we've got this unforeseen customer support issue and then solve it in, like not look at it as an annoyance, but solve it for everybody in a very convenient way. So exactly. I, I like yeah. the way the way it got uh, tackled. Anything, any, that's the only one I know of. Um, are there any other issues or? Um, I mean, aside from, uh, you know, just your everyday customer support questions, you know, it's still, um, we still have, you know, things happen in shipping and transit, shipments get delayed, somebody ordered the wrong thing. So we, we still have, uh, a lot of the general customer service, uh, um, kind of questions and inquiries that come up. Um, so, you know, I think that's the one that is the most kind of glaring, the one that we necessarily didn't anticipate. We knew we right. were going to get some folks out of the woodwork. Um, I don't think we realized how how much that was going to be, but we need to kind of turn that negative, so to speak, into a positive. How do we make it work for everybody? And, um, you know, it, we, we seem to have found something that, that works for everyone. But um, no, aside from that, I think that's really the only kind of like what I would call out of the box uh, issue that we have. Okay, we're coming to the end of our time together, but I, I got a, a couple lightning round questions I just want to get out so I can get, uh, get some extra value out of you for our audience. I apologize. I will pry that value out. Sure. Um, what, uh, give me one marketing channel strategy tactic that disappointed you or that you think is overrated. Um, you know, again, we're, we're very young, um, still. So we've been, uh, focusing a lot on social media and content marketing, um, and kind of utilizing that. Um, I, I think for us right now, we, we pulled a couple of levers with some print marketing. Um, and we, we didn't know, you know, how much traffic that was going to drive. And that's the nice thing with having obviously a, um, a direct to consumer, uh, website where you can track with analytics and see where traffic's coming from is you can validate some of these marketing efforts pretty, pretty quickly. You know, within a couple of days, once you, you know, change an input, you can see if there's a, a, a correlation to a positive or a negative output, you know, and, um, I think some of the more traditional print marketing where, uh, there was maybe some, Oh yeah, we we drive so much traffic, so many click through, so on and so forth. We we did some, we had some inputs with uh, some traditional print marketing, and we you know added some custom coupon codes and so on and so forth to try to track that traffic. Um, and to be honest, it was you know the the results varied, um, but we see much more consistent results from. Uh, things like Facebook, Instagram, Google AdWords, um, all of that where, you know, it just, uh, I think that the tide obviously, um, has shifted from, you know, or is shifting from that kind of traditional media into, uh, you know, the, the, uh, today's state of, uh, digital marketing, you know? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, like none of that surprises me, but I, I just always want to hear it from, from a, a real live merchant, uh, you guys are on Plus. What uh, what's your favorite your favorite Plus feature or advantage to it? Um, I think at least in the very beginning, um, having the access to the Shopify support. I'm not sure. Maybe you can help me with this. If the Shopify supports there, if you're not on the Plus, um, but 
you know, when, when you're first getting started off, especially if you're new to the Shopify platform, again, you're kind of changing things, tweaking this, tweaking that. Sometimes you tweak too far. Sometimes you take things <laughs> a little too far and, uh, uh oh, I broke something and we had the ability to just right there, um, 24 seven reach out and somebody expert staff who knew exactly what needed to happen, what needed to change, what needed to get fixed. And, you know, within the wait time of speaking to that, uh, support staff, uh, you know, within five, 10 minutes, usually they had whatever the issue was fixed and, uh, ready to rock and roll. And, you know, it was no adverse effect to the, to the site or, or running the business, you know? Uh, yes. And you're right. You get, um, priority support with plus. So you get faster, faster support. Um, they will, they've got a front end development team. So often they can go a little further in fixing issues and you've got a dedicated, um, point of contact that merchant success manager. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now we, you do a ton of promos with, um, we Shopify scripts to do discounting, uh, without have people having to mess with coupon codes, which is always, it's good for conversion rates. Shocking yeah, how, absolutely. like, just putting in a coupon code is a, <laughs> can hurt conversion rates because you're adding this extra step. Yep. And that, you know, eliminating the steps along the way, you know, to that final, uh, make the purchase click. All right. Summer is around the corner. I got to get, got to get my ride looking right. Where should people go? to learn more about Leno's Garage? Leno'sGarage.com. Um, obviously, um, we've got a ton of blog posts that uh, we're posting trying to just help with the education. Um, as mentioned before, we're working on some video content on how to fit that organically in Jay's existing channel. So I think that's the biggest uh, thing that stands out for us right now is that educational content on YouTube. Um, but if you want to uh, learn more about the product um, and what we have to offer, lenosgarage.com. Cool. Chris, thank you. And to our listeners, check out lenosgarage.com. Uh, that, that initial starter kit is if you want to, the vehicle care kit, if you, I, I bought it, I have it. Um, if you want to just get, get your car clean, that one's a great one. Um, yes, I'm plugging this. No, I get nothing for it. <laughs> I just enjoy the product and have loved the brand. Um, and check out their YouTube channel. It's, uh, Jay Leno's Garage on YouTube. Yeah. Chris, thank you. Thanks, Kurt. I really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Before we go, I wanted to tell you about our friends at Zapiet who helped make this episode possible. Have you ever wanted to offer local pickup in your store? Or how about scheduled local deliveries? Zapiet's easy-to-use app helps thousands of merchants do just that, offer store pickup and delivery to their Shopify customers right in their store. They've just launched a massive update that adds a ton of new features. To learn more about it and start your 14-day free trial and get 10% off if you stick with it, Head to zapiet.com slash podcast. That's Z-A-P-I-E-T dot com slash podcast. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high-quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.